diving deep into Cardinals baseball with World Series champion Brad Thompson on the Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN, driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome into a Rocky Mountain edition of the Redbird Report. I'm Brad Thompson, and let's get right to it. Let's start with the good news. Whoo, boy, that's going to be hard to find. You know what? Let's not start with the good news. Let's start with the fact that the Cardinals just came off a loss. As I'm doing this podcast, getting ready for Game 2, it's going to be Miles Michaelis tonight against Kyle Freeland. They lose 7-4 last night. Steven Matz ran into his struggles. Matz ended up going five and two-thirds, gave up six earned runs, nine hits, and uh, looked like he was going to be sailing early on. First couple of innings were good, even though there was traffic. Profar led off the game with a single. Second inning, C.J. Crone ended up having a single as well, but he erased the damage on both of those. The third inning is where it started to get away from him a bit. It was an Alan Trejo curveball that was left up for a single. Tovar, he had him 0-2, ready to bury the 21-year-old. Couldn't do it. Left one out of the plate. He had a double down the line, then a sack fly. And then, honestly, some bad defense from the Cardinals allowed Tovar to score as they had runners on first and third. Ended up punching out Bryant. Contreras makes the throw down to Gorman. Gorman runs back Blackman, but ends up making an extra throw that he didn't need to make. Tovar able to score before Blackman gets tagged out. That was two runs, and it just kept going from there, really, for the Cardinals. Starting pitching, boy, has not been the best thing in the world for the Birds coming into 2023. I mean, who could have seen it? Who could have seen it? That that was going to be an issue. It's been an issue. I truly believe that this rotation is going to be a heck of a lot better than they are now, but that means nothing. Like right now, they're not good, and they need to be. The Cardinals are 10 games into the season, and they have one quality start. One quality start. And you guys know what a quality start is. It's six or more innings and three or less earned runs during that. It's not that much to ask for. I'm not saying it's easy. You can look at the back of my baseball card, and that tells you it ain't easy, but it's very doable. They have pieces that can give you quality starts. It just has not happened to this point. Again, Cardinals with a 5.96 ERA for their starters. That's tied for 25th in baseball. Kind of shockingly, the Blue Jays that we saw in the first series that the Cardinals did actually win. Remember when we were riding high? They beat the Blue Jays. A lot of people think they're going to take down the Yankees for the East. By the way, I still think they're going to take down the Yankees for the East. And you might say, what about the Rays, Brad? Pretty impressive. 10-0 and 0 for the Rays. I still, for some reason, don't believe that they are going to be uh, – coast-to-coast coast over there in the east and be able to run the table. But who knows? Who knows? But congratulations to them. But the Blue Jays actually have a worse starter's ERA than the Cardinals do right now. Blue Jays' ERA sitting at 6.22. That's 27th in all of baseball. So that's interesting. You know that group is going to be a lot better with Manoa, Gosman, Bassett, Barrios. That group's going to be good. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're worried about it. You're concerned, right? Offense has been doing a good job, but the pitching hasn't been there. You know what else is really interesting as you're looking at some of the starting pitcher ERAs? Is that the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Reds are all in the top ten in starters ERA. It's not exactly what I was thinking was going to happen for a couple of those clubs. You knew the Brewers were going to be in that mix. Their starting rotation is awesome. But the Cubs and the Reds in the top 10 right now, 
look, it, it just tells you Cardinals have a lot of work to do. And, yeah, they've played a couple of good opponents. I'm sorry, though, the Rockies are not a good opponent, and they are better than they have been playing to this point. And that's where the frustration comes in for the guys on an individual basis and then in a team basis. And that's where the frustration comes in for the manager as well. Ollie was asked after the loss in Game 1 against the Rockies, how are they feeling? How are they dealing with all of the issues early on? Obviously, we don't love it. Trust me, this clubhouse doesn't love it uh, one bit, uh, but we'll break through. Um, there's a lot of confidence in the way we communicate amongst each other, and uh, we'll be fine. But, yeah, we want to break through this. Obviously, it hasn't started the way we wanted to with the 3-7 and seven record, but at the end of the day, we'll, we'll figure out a way through this, and we'll be fine. Um, that clubhouse has a lot of confidence in what they're able to do as well as their preparation, so we'll keep going. Well, with 152 games left, I would say time is on the side of Ollie Marmol and the Cardinals. The maddening part for them and for us as a fan base is, and realistically, you look at the team, they should be a lot better. I mean, this reminds me of the Blues a few years back when they ultimately ended up winning the Stanley Cup is in the beginning of the season, all we kept talking about was, oh, they look good on paper. Boy, this team is better than they're playing. Like, that was the go-to over and over again, and it was the go-to because it was true. And I believe that to be the same thing here with this Cardinals team. And again, that's not saying they don't have holes. Their starting pitching could end up being a big hole for them. That might be something that the front office needs to make a move on quicker than maybe they wanted to. This could be some urgency in the situation. But when it comes to an offensive standpoint, I really do believe that this offense should be able to lift the starting rotation, lift this pitching staff, and win some of these games. They've had opportunities, and when you look overall at the Cardinals' offense, they've been pretty good. They're hitting for average, 284 again at the time that I'm recording this. That's third in Major League Baseball, second in the NL. They've got a 353 on base percentage. That's third in baseball. They're not hitting the long ball like we expected expected them to 10 home runs overall that's tied for 17th but maybe this helps a little bit for context and just kind of telling you how early it is they're tied for 17th they're tied with the Astros the Blue Jays the Phillies and the Mets in home runs so some pretty good ball clubs that you know have big time power that just haven't gotten to it yet and that's the expectation for the Cardinals that that will come in the meantime, though, while you're waiting for that power to come, and again, with the Cardinals told you where they were in home runs, in extra base hits, they're tied for 22nd. They have 24 extra base hits, so it's not just the home runs. The doubles, the triples haven't really been, been coming as well. But in the meantime, while you're waiting for that and being patient for that to come around, the Cardinals are going to have to cash in on more of the opportunities they have with runners in scoring position. Now, game one against the Rockies, there were not too many opportunities out there for them with runners in scoring position because they didn't create too much offense. They were two for six, and both of those hits came from the reigning MVP, Paul Goldschmidt. The Cardinals overall are batting 244 with runners in scoring position. That's 20th overall in baseball. 
again, not as glaring against the Rockies in game one because they didn't have as many opportunities, but very glaring against the Brewers, who did give the Cardinals plenty of chances, and they just weren't able to take advantage of them. But isn't that just the game of baseball? I mean, there are going to be times where nothing is going your way. Absolutely nothing. And that's kind of what it feels like for the Cardinals. Even defensively, right? Defensively, coming into game one against the Rockies, the Cardinals were the only team in baseball to not have an error. Then they make two in the game against the Rockies. Like, just nothing is shaking out their way. Heck, the Cardinals aren't even getting replays right at this point. Funky play in the ball game yesterday. It's the bottom of the seventh inning, two outs. Drew Verhagen's on the mound. Jonathan Daza hits a little tapper back to Verhagen. He comes up running and just has to glove scoop it to Contreras at the plate. And the flip appears to beat Blackman there. But it also looked like the toe of Contreras was off the bag. Now, that was the initial look, and unfortunately, our broadcast only had one look at it. That's the only thing that we saw. Now, the Cardinals had a different look at it, and they also had their catcher, Contreras, telling them, no, I tagged Blackman, that he had tagged Blackman on that play. Later video shows that that is absolutely the case. Contreras knew that the flip from Verhagen had pulled him off home plate. He applied the tag, and home plate umpire Shane Livensbarger was not looking at that. He was simply looking at Contreras' foot on the plate. He called him safe. Ollie Marmol raised his hand right away that gave indication that they were going to look at this play. Unfortunately, though, before Ollie said he did, in fact, want to look at it, Time had expired, okay? You have 15 seconds now. This is one of the biggest rule changes that we haven't talked about enough is that this is all under the clock as well. As soon as the manager of any team raises their hand, say we're going to look at it, a clock is starting. There are 15 seconds to say yes or no that you are going to look at a play. Unfortunately, Ali did not get his yes in in time, and the play ends up going the way of the Rockies. Now, that's not the be-all, end-all. It was the seventh run, okay? It wasn't the fourth run in this game, but it just continues to mount on the frustration of how things are going. Can we table the frustration, though, just for a minute? Can we hit on a bright spot? One of the lone bright spots, really, that the 2023 Cardinals have got going, and we've talked about him week in and week out because he continues to do something special. How about Jordan Walker? Jordan Walker did it again. Hit in 10 straight to begin his major league career. Jordan Walker extended his hitting streak to 10 games. He had a single up the middle in the seventh inning off of Brent Suter, and all that did is moved him ahead of Ted Williams into second place among streaks to start a career for players under 21 years old. Pretty cool to watch him go out there and do that. It's awesome to see somebody live up to all of the hype. And when you watch him go about his business, it's like there's no hype at all. He's just got a great head on his shoulders, got a great approach at what he's doing. You look at the MLB rookie leaders here, 342 is the average for Jordan Walker. That is best among rookies. By the way, in second place among rookies at 308 is Alec Burleson. I want to get into Alec in a second, but you look at on-base percentage, 390 for Jordan Walker. He's slugging as well. 553 slug percentage. Also leading the way with 13 hits. I mean, he is doing it all among the rookies, but he's doing it among the big boys as well. 
And in a weird kind of way, I almost feel bad for Jordan Walker. Now, he's not wearing this at all. He, he doesn't feel bad about anything other than the fact that the team's not winning. But that's what I feel bad about, that he's putting up these sort of numbers. He's doing amazing things. He's an incredible story, but he's not able to enjoy it right now because being a part of a clubhouse who is losing a lot and the Cardinals have lost six of seven, it can be down at times. And that's kind of the fight of keeping it up and believing in the process more so than the results. But he hasn't been able to fully embrace, I don't think, the success that he's having just because the team has been struggling as a whole. But again, the season's young. There will be plenty of time for him to celebrate, and there will be bigger and bigger events, and hopefully the streak continues for him. He continues to hit for more and more power, and he keeps growing. He took advantage of an opportunity. He is running with it. You know who else took advantage of an opportunity is Alec Burleson. Alec Burleson is finding himself in the lineup more times than not. Now, again, I'm doing this podcast before game two against Kyle Freeland. Chances are he's not going to be in there against the lefty playing left field, but he's hitting for average. He's showing off some power. He's taking some phenomenal at-bats, some of the best at-bats on the team. Honestly, Three guys that are taking some of the best at-bats on the team this year, Jordan Walker, Alec Burleson, Nolan Gorman. you got three young bucks that are taking some of the best at-bats that you have out there. That's incredibly encouraging because it's not like Goldie and Arenado are taking horrible at-bats. You've got three young guys that are taking strides in the right direction. But Burleson has earned the reps. He has earned the opportunity to go out there and play. And really, when you're talking about the reps, chances are they're mostly going to be done in left field. And I know that he is not the most fleet-footed left fielder the Cardinals have, but the bat ends up playing. He's not a liability out there in left. I'm sure a lot of you are thinking back to a play that happened in Milwaukee where he got turned around on a line drive that ended up being towards the track. We asked Ollie about that play and what he thought about it and Burleson out and left, and he said, you know what, I, I thought at the time that that play was an easier play than the one that O'Neal didn't come up with in center field. So we went back after the game and looked at the metrics. He said the catch probability on the ball that O'Neal had was 65%. That's fairly high, especially a guy like O'Neal. That ball needs to be caught. He needs to make that play in center field. The catch probability on the ball that Burleson missed was 20%. Like most fielders are not getting to the ball that Burleson wasn't able to get to. So it, there are going to be times where he might not come up with a play. There might be times where he plays a ball in front of him as opposed to laying out and trying to make the great play. But he's not going to be a liability out in the outfield, and the bat absolutely plays. So I'm really excited for Burleson. But it does kind of beg the question when you're looking at the outfield. I know depth is a good thing, but are we at a point where there's just too many moving parts and they're not able to get any continuity? Just too many mouths to feed. By the way, Newt Bar hopefully coming back sooner rather than later. He took some swings in the cage, off the tee, soft toss, game one against Colorado. If he responds well, the next step is going off against the pitching machine, see how that jam thumb feels against that. But once he comes back, it gets even more crowded, which, by the way, is great. Like, everybody wants Newt to come back. I love the energy. I love the on-base skills. I love the way that he barrels the baseball. But we talked about a spring of competition, and we saw that, and we saw some guys win jobs competing. Walker, Burleson being amongst those guys that won jobs. 
I do wonder at what point this competing during the season for the playing time doesn't help you where it's just like guys are continuing to put that pressure on themselves day in and day out. You almost need to be able to give some guys a little bit more runway and you kind of got to clear things out a little bit. Now, that's a hard thing to do when you have all of these different outfielders. you got Burleson, Carlson, O'Neal, Walker, Yepes is up right now. Uh, you, you'll have Newt coming back at some point. You wonder if time might be sooner rather than later to make some sort of a deal, maybe get a little more consistency, continuity in your outfield, and then hopefully add to another area of your ball club. And I'm sure that those conversations have been going through spring training, continue to go now, and will keep going throughout the season. The difficult part in those situations is establishing the right guys. Who are the guys that you have to keep a hold of? And obviously Walker would be one of those guys. And who are the guys that you think that you could live with even if they went somewhere else and ended up having success? I got to tell you, that's not a job that I would want even though we all play GM at home. That's a difficult decision to see which ones you want to part with. Also, it's difficult to find a match, right? Somebody might like one of the pieces that you have, but they don't have something on the flip side that could help you at the moment. But as for now, the competition continues out in the outfield. There will be competitive at-bats. We've seen some good things. We've seen some bad things. We've seen some inconsistencies. We need to see some wins, and it starts tonight. Again, Miles Michaelis is on the mound against Kyle Freeland and the Rockies, and things have been rocky for Miles Michaelis so far. His first outing against the Blue Jays, it was three and a third, ten hits, gave up five earned runs. Next time out, he did go six innings, nine hits, five earned runs again against the Braves just has not been as planned for Miles Michaelis. But he's looking to flip the script tonight. The hope is that he ends up getting the second quality start of the year for the Cardinals, and then they start riding the momentum. This ball club is far too good to play this bad, and maybe today is the day that they turn things around. We'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully we have some good news. Maybe we still have a streak alive. Maybe we got some starting pitchers that are getting it done and runners in scoring position are scoring in droves. We'll see. We'll do it next time. It's the Redbird Report. I'm Brad Thompson. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out every episode at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app.